most uh, important thing would be to not be discouraged. I say that because uh, you know a lot of times people look at what I do or, or the space that I'm in and, and say to themselves, well, you know, I don't have a music background or uh, you know I didn't go to school for this, and and those are things that aren't necessarily a prerequisite in in the entertainment space. I mean, if you were to look at a lot of the key players in the entertainment industry, a lot of uh, the experience and the skills that they acquired was, was through on-the-job on the training. Hey, this is Mike Ambassador Bruni, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of No More Reasonable Doubt, a show focused on empowering young professionals of color who are just starting their career. We help to remove doubt, gain confidence, and have more impact at work. One important piece to making all this happen is getting exposure to different people and career paths. Today, our special guest is Yomi Desalu, Vice President of Music and Talent Programming Strategy for MTV Networks. Welcome, Yomi. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thank you so much for being here, man. The one thing that I didn't mention in that in that intro is that Yomi and I went to high school together, man. At least for one year when I was at John Dewey High School. So yeah, indeed we did. Indeed we did. So we both uh, we got some uh, some incriminating evidence on each other. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for no Facebook. No. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one times were good. Exactly. Yes, sir, man. Hey, so one of the things I know that people want to know right away, and I may have given it away, is where are you originally from? Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, man. So uh, one one of the few natives uh, still left in Brooklyn. That's awesome, man. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous being up in Massachusetts. Oh, man. That's awesome. Hey, tell us more about what you do for work. So we have your title, Vice President of Music and Talent Programming Strategy for MTV. Now, there's there's someone sitting there going, oh, that sounds interesting. But what does that mean? What is his, you know, what is his general day-to-day like? Well, you know, for me, my day-to-day can consist of a lot of things. I mean, when you talk about MTV, I know that a lot of people tend to believe that we don't play music videos, and I'm here to dispel the rumors right now because I am pretty much the head of music programming. So what that means is that I oversee five channels because MTV has five channels under under its um, umbrella, which are MTV, the mothership, which is the one that everybody knows. MTV2, which is uh, home to Nick Cannon's Wild and Out and Guy Code and things of that nature, but also has music videos as well. And then we have three digital channels currently, which would be MTVU, which is our college channel, specifically in college campuses across the continental U.S. We're in over 800 colleges and universities, in addition to certain cable systems like Verizon Files and AT&T. And then we also have our MTV Hits, which is a 24-hour straight music play teen uh, pop channel. So you're Justin Bieber's and your Ariana Grande's and things of that nature. And we have MTV Jams, which is our hip-hop urban channel, which is also 24 hours. So you know anybody from Drake and Future and, and Jay-Z will, will be featured on that channel. So part of my role is, in addition to programming three of those channels, is overseeing all five of them to make sure that the day-to-day decisions that on the videos that we are selecting to play and actually are playing are, are in line with what we believe our audience wants. Uh, so it's, it's dealing with the labels and managers and the artists themselves, in addition to dealing with research, to trying to find out what's working for our audience. It's going to shows to try to scout who the next big talent is, gauging personalities to see which artists are good for 
for on-camera opportunities, um, scouting the audience to see if they're within our target demo, um, and also on a strategic side, using our, our real estate within those channels as leverage to um, create awareness around uh, temple events or products, um, and also uh, to, to give the audience basically you know the best music video curation that we could possibly give them on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, that's awesome, man. There's, there's, uh, there is a lot there. We're going to dive into how you got there a little bit further in the interview. Now, where did you, where did you go to school? We got you at Brooklyn, New York, John Dewey. Where did you go to, where did you go to college? Did yeah, I went to uh, I went to uh, for undergrad. I went to Temple University in Philadelphia. Um, I ironically enough studied civil engineering um, for for my undergrad. You know, my dad was a was was a uh, contractor and general contractor on the construction company. So obviously, following in his footsteps, went to school for engineering. But uh, during my tenure at Temple, really kind of got passionate about music and and, and rooming with a, a communications major. I actually helped to foster that. So, you know, I knew I wanted to do something within the entertainment space, particularly the music space, and, and try to use my time there, even though uh, it wasn't my major, to kind of delve into the space. So everything from writing music reviews for the school newspaper to doing on-campus on events, party promotions, to even getting in the studio and cutting a couple of records uh, which we, we'll, will remain hidden uh, <laughs> <Not after> this. <laughs> you know so um, just anything that I could get my hands on music wise and, and, and uh, by by chance I was able to take a uh, internship at MTV in my final semester and um, they liked me so much that they kept me on the job and and uh, I've been in the same department ever since for the last 16 years so sort of a success story if you will oh wow so now our well, maybe you answered this too. Are you doing what you thought you'd be doing after college? Um, I definitely am not. I mean, I, I always thought that I would, I was going to be in a space where I'd be working for a uh, construction firm or, or have have my own company, um, and and. Even at the point where I knew I wanted to delve into the entertainment industry, at the time I, I, it wasn't uh, it wasn't on the side of it. It wasn't on the uh, on the TV side. It was it was on on the record label side, the A and R side. I always felt like I had a good ear for music and uh, and felt like I could help create and cultivate uh, the next big star. So. Um, a bit of a shock because you know I didn't I didn't necessarily see uh, MTV within uh, my future, but. It worked out well for me in the end, and and in some regards we are kind of A and R's because we do help uh, directly build these artists from the ground up. You know, by the first the first time, much of these many of these artists were seen was on was on an MTV platform. Everybody from Kanye West to Britney Spears to you know Jay Z, a lot of these artists were, were first seen on, on an MTV channel. So um, you know we we do have a hand in in helping get these artists to that level of superstardom. Awesome, man. So you, you, you went for an internship your senior year in college. Talk to us about almost like connecting the dots from there to where you are now as vice president. What were some of the steps in between? Well, I think the first thing was to understand the space before I got into it. You know, coming from uh, a different uh, major into uh, the communications uh, space was 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 difficult. Um, you know, so I did a lot of research before I even delved into uh, entertaining the idea of of doing an internship. So, you know, it, it was everything. 
everything from at the time, you know, trade magazines to, you know, reading reading books that were specifically around the entertainment industry to asking people who have done internships themselves um, and, and anybody else who I could speak to within the space. So I, I came in with a little bit of preparation. Um, back then, you know, we, we were talking about pre, you know, technology as far as like websites being able to um, upload resumes and things of that nature. So I was just mailing my resume into every single record label that I possibly could find. And, and back then, the way you found them was, most of the kids may not remember this, but when we had CDs, um, they would always have the record label's address in the back. So, you know, I would just, I had a bunch of CDs and I would just always just send the resumes in, in big manila envelopes to, to the HR departments in hopes that uh, I would get a call back. And, you know, first time I did it, I, did, I didn't get any callbacks. Um, so I, I, the second time, by chance, I ended up finding a bunch of uh, direct contacts through a, a, a magazine, the issue of Black Enterprise, which I still have to this day because I, I find it, it was very integral in, in, in the road and the path that I took. And I sent my resume out to uh, a bunch of a bunch of the companies, one of them being MTV. I got a couple callbacks and, and decided to go with MTV after doing research on, on the competitive companies that I had options with. You know, and once I got in the door, it was really about strategizing. Um, you know, internship is so integral, especially in the lives of uh, of a college student trying to get their foot in the door in in, in corporate America, regardless of of what what space you want to be in. I think what it is is that it is almost a way for you to in person present your yourself versus doing it on paper within the form of a resume. Um, you're really showing your work ethic. You're showing your professionalism. You're showing how you gel with the other members of that department. Um, and so the internship for me was really taken, not wasn't taken lightly at all. You know, I was I tried to be as punctual as possible and, and be as prepared as possible, but also be be willing to go above and beyond um you know what was asked of me so um knowing that especially coming from from a different major or a different field that I had to I really had to step my my game up you know I tried to give my my best shot and knowing that I had com competition with other interns that were vying for jobs at the time because there were other um interns who were seniors graduating seniors really had to put my best for foot forward and thankfully it worked out in the long run cool what were some of the titles or roles that you held uh, from intern to where you are now? Oh, man, so many. Well, you know, when I first got the job uh, post-internship, it was more of a, uh, a department assistant. So essentially, um, I was a utility, a utility guy who would do anything and everything that needed to get done. Um, so that if that was running tapes from one dub house to the next, or if it was logging tapes, um, if it was copying and faxing, if it was creating decks, I would do that. Um, from then, I moved into the production side because we started to venture into um, in-house production within the music and talent department. So I worked with uh, a couple of producers uh, on, on a bunch of shows, um, some one-off of temple shows like MTV Icon, uh, Cribs, and, and um, a couple of other shows. 
which wasn't really my uh, my cup of tea, but I um, still had to put my best foot forward and and, and put, bring my A game to the table, and it was a great experience and, and and allowed me to know that you know production wasn't wasn't something that I wanted to delve into. Um, you know, putting in 22 hour days is is something that you really have to be committed to and, and passionate about. So, but did it for 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 as long as they needed me to do it, and then. You know, timing, as they say, is everything. I ended up uh, getting uh, a channel, a channel to program that just fell into my lap. Um, at the time, it was actually a heavy metal channel, which wasn't my strong suit, but we we made it work. And then that channel ended up morphing into um, a top 40 channel known as MTV Hits that we have now. So that's how I got my programming chops um, there. I also um, had the title of clip coordinator because when we play all these videos, they would come in on a week-to-week basis. My job would be filtering the videos, setting up the meeting, conducting the meeting, and being sort of liaison with other departments when it came to the process of getting the video from submission to finalization, um, which was a which was sort of a rite of passage role because a lot of people at the time who were above me had that same role at some point in their career. And it was a great role because it also allowed me to network with all the record labels because I was sort of the gatekeeper when it came to music videos. Uh, so I was able to build my network through that um, and, and some of those relationships that I still have today. Uh, so really kind of taking each role uh, for what it was, what it was worth, and really kind of maximizing it, I'd say. Um, started out as a coordinator when it came to music video programming, then moved up to a manager, moved up to a director, senior director, and uh, most recently vice president a couple years ago. Great. What advice would you give to someone who aspires to do what you do and is just starting out? I know there's some changes in technology that that um, that took place, but what advice would you give? Well, I would say um, the the most uh, important thing would be to not be discouraged. I say that because uh, you know a lot of times people look at what I do or, or the space that I'm in and, and say to themselves, well, you know, I don't have a music background or uh, you know I didn't go to school for this, and and those are things that aren't necessarily a prerequisite in in the entertainment space. I mean, if you were to look at a lot of the key players in the entertainment industry, a lot of uh, the experience and the skills that they acquired was was through on the, on the job training. You know, there's no A and R major. There's no video. You know. Uh, director major this film majors but you know to be a video director you know i went to school with uh or went to the same school as benny boom and you know he probably was a film major but then manifested it into you know me- making music videos at the time so i think you don't want to discourage yourself by saying well i don't have the, the prerequisite skills or that that they're looking for because i think the only skill or prerequisite that we're looking for is somebody who's passionate about music somebody who's a fast learner and those are more broad scope um, and I think if you have those things, you can always learn on the job. You know, just you just have to have the willingness to do so. I guess the other thing I would say is 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 be creative in how you present and pitch yourself. For example, um, I think right now uh, the, one of the biggest issues that millennials are running into is that they're going up against um, multiple generations in a sense of. Uh, you know, there's still baby boomers, there's still Gen X, there's still, you know, other other generations that are in the workforce and have a different way of going about their work ethic. So, you know, they have to understand that 
what worked for them may not necessarily work for millennials, but I think that it's you're, you're asking them to create sort of like to change their way of thinking, which is hard to do, especially when you've been in the position for so long. So I think you have to be very strategic about how you pitch and present yourself. What I like to tell um, young adults is, you know, you may not have the skills um, that comes with experience, but what you do have is you are a living, breathing ambassador of the culture. And I think right now, what we what we're starting to see is is everybody is trying to tap into that youth culture. Um, you see it in commercials, you see it in television, you see it by the, in technology and the way that things are moving from linear to digital and streaming. Um, you see it in music, and I think that who better to be an integral part of the creative decisions that are being made by these big companies and the people who are living and breathing that every day. Um, and I don't see kids coming in and pitching themselves, you know, as that. Um, and I think that that's w- how you get creative in your pitch and saying, listen, like I pretty much come in as an asset to you because I am uh, the, the, the one of the people that you are trying to, to attract. So I can go out there and tell you exactly what's happening in this space. Sort of be your scout, be your eyes and your ears, because let's be honest, when we get to the age that we're at, Mike, you know, we don't have the disposable income. We definitely don't have the disposable time as parents to go out there and do these things that these kids are doing right now. So, you know, you have to present yourself as an asset and then hopefully, you know, the supervisors and powers to be the decision makers will see the value in that. I hope you're listening, people. <laughs> I, I so hope you're listening. And Yomi, I'm going to apologize in advance if you get like a stream of people just coming out to you like, listen, I am the ambassador. <laughs> I will apologize like, I in advance. I heard that somewhere. I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it, so I apologize in advance, man. What do you wish you were told when you were starting out, kind of that zero to three oh, time man. in your career? So many things. I got to be honest. I think that one of the biggest things that um, I come to find uh, is that there is a disconnect when it comes to communication between generations. And I think part of that is is that the older generation really wants you to kind of learn and experience it on your own. And I totally get and understand that. But insight goes a long way. Um, insight can save you a lot of time. Um, and it's not it, the information is not being divulged. That being said, what I wish I was told was uh, so many things. I'd say, for one, um, well, something that always stuck with me was, was was somebody said, you know, you you look for your next job on the first day of your new job, and that's not necessarily that to to say that you should be a flight risk, but you should always be prepared. You know, being here as long as I've been here, I've seen a lot of layoffs and I've seen a lot of people. Unprepared for that sort of thing. So we're talking about little things like constantly tweaking your resume, constantly checking your network to see, to make sure that you're building these bridges um, with people both inside the industry that you work in and outside because you really want to cast a wide net. Constantly doing self-assessment so that you're not caught off guard, um, you know, six months down the line when it's time for uh, personal evaluation and your supervisor is, is com- commenting on the fact that you're constantly late and, you know, some of the things that you're saying is inappropriate. You have to do those self-assessment assessments on a consistent basis so that you check yourself before somebody else checks you. Um, and those are the things that I think are very important that you always have to be mindful of when you're when you're in, in the corporate environment. I mean, I think that will go a long way when it comes to, to, to growing um, within the company. 
what is the unspoken wisdom you've discovered in your career field? The kind of thing is like, yo, no one could have told me that. And it may tie into really insight. You know, use the word insight. What do you know? Hmm. Well, I know, I know that, uh, I'd say, well, I know that it's never personal. It's always business. And I think that that's what is important to understand. You know, a company at the end of the day, its purpose is to generate revenue and to generate business. Um, some companies are better than others when it comes to creating um, a personal atmosphere, family atmosphere. But at the end of the day, when those decisions need to be made, they're going to be made off of business decisions. They're going to be made off of counting lines and, and, and what's going to be the bottom line for the company, not necessarily for its employees. So I think you have to take a lot of what happens into account on a day-to-day basis so that you understand that unless you're your own CEO, that you're beholden to somebody else or to a multitude of people within a company. So, you know, never rest on your laurels and always be be prepared with the plan B. I know people say, you know, you, you, you make sure your plan A works so there is no plan B. It sounds good, but you know, every day, you know, every day, it is, there are no two days like the, like this like each other. You know, it's not Groundhog's Day like that system movie. This is, you know, every day is different. Who knows what's going to happen today? What's going to happen tomorrow? You know, and I think it's important to try to plan for that so that you don't get caught off guard. If you had to recommend one book for someone just starting their career, what would it be? Oh, in the entertainment industry specifically, uh, or sure. just, yeah. just in general? Well, if you, have two, if you have two in mind, go for it. Well, yeah, I, I would say for the entertainment industry, um, there's a book which I think a lot of people have read, and a, a lot of schools now actually utilize the book. It's called "All You Need to Know About the Music Business," which is probably the most appropriate title for a book like this. Now, basically, it's written by a, a lawyer, Donald Passman who um, spent so much time in the music industry that he decided to write a book uh, covering uh, a bunch of different aspects of it, from you know publishing to licensing to music video to marketing. So it pretty much gives you sort of like a broad strokes overview of the industry. Um, and I think it's important because it kind of allows you to grasp the, uh, the lingo and, and understand the different aspects of the industry, but also may, uh, maybe help you decide on which, which particular area of the music industry you want to delve into. Um, as far as a more broad um, book, um, since mine isn't out yet, I would say um, I like to read books that are really inspiring. Uh, I, there's a book called The 10X Rule right now um, that I read at the beginning of the year, which really, really, for, especially being at the beginning of the year and people very, you know, amped up and this is going to be my year and, and things are going to turn around was, I think, a fitting book. And basically what the 10X, the, the gist of the 10X book, 10X Rule is, is to basically, in your mind, know, or if you have a, 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 a number or a point that you think you need to reach to be successful, use the 10x multiplier. So, you know, people talk about the 10,000 hours rule for, you know, being an expert in something. The 10x rule is, is similar in regards to say, you know, if 
getting an A is going to take me 10 hours of studying that you should study for 100 hours to ensure that you get that A. Um, you know, so it's really going above and beyond what you think is going to be required. And the people who do that are the ones who are going to be successful because everybody else is going to fall, is going to fall to the wayside. You know, I always use the analogy of the gym, you know. January January second, the gym's the gym is packed to the gills. You can barely get a, a circuit machine, you know. So so everybody's back starting their New Year's resolutions. Great. You go there in March, April. Eh, you're still a little crowded, but you 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 can get a machine a lot faster. You can get on a treadmill if you need to. You can get on the bench if you want to. Go to the gym in July and August. It's it's a ghost town. You know, so and that, and that's pretty much a testament to to the people who uh, took commitment. You know, I think some people are wholeheartedly commit committed to to the goal and the task at hand, and some people start off as such and and then get sidetracked or, or 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 change their minds or or just give up. You know, and I think that the people who do that are the ones that you see wearing the t-shirts on the beach <laughs> in the summertime, <laughs> and the ones who were committed are the ones that are that are oiled up walking walking down the uh, walking on the beach very, very comfortably i tend to be in the middle sometimes so <laughs> i try to lay in the shade a little bit but it's really about being committed you know and, and and being passionate about what you do you know you 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 may not at the first the first go at it get into a space where you want to be but you know, uh, at least if you're focused on on getting to that space, that you always you always have a goal in mind. You know, so you you do what you can to to get to that point. And I think, you know, you really have to understand. Like, there's a lot of people who want to go be in, in the position. There's probably a lot of people that want to have the role that I have. But are they putting in the work? Are they are they doing it to the point where they're getting recognized? You know, so you always have to. And 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 are they are they mindful that other people are are doing what it takes to to get that position as well so you know especially if it's if it's a job that people find enticing you know everything from it's the same way with athletes you know athletes and you play you play ball you know you think about it and there's you know a couple of uh people in one school and then there's a couple of people in another school and then you take the entire country you know and out of all that how many of those kids are going to make it to the nfl or the nba and how many of those kids are going to be willing to put in the effort to get close to it you know you really have to commit to something hard hardcore to to be remotely successful in right man now where can the people find you and and your work online you mentioned a book is coming so tell us tell us more about that yeah, you know, one of the things that I came to 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 find out in my in my 16 years here is that um a lot of times interns are, are ill prepared um for for the position of intern. I think in part because um companies aren't necessarily preparing them and in part that they don't have the tools because they may not have done internships before or because the internships they've done haven't been fruitful enough to provide them with the tools moving forward so they can be successful in, in the future endeavors. So the book essentially is one of a four-part series that really kind of takes my experience both as an intern um, and as both as an intern coordinator, somebody who deals with interns uh, every semester. Um, and it's it's sort of an evolution from intern to, to executive. Um, and the first part will really focus on the internship, both how you get the internship, how you succeed in the internship, and how do you parlay that internship potentially into other opportunities moving forward. Um, and I think it really kind of covers the things that um, are unspoken at, at most times. Um, 
at least not directly to the actual interns, but maybe around the office and in 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 conversation, water cooler conversations. So what it is is essentially um, a cheat code, if you will, a cliff notes of of things that you need to know before you even step foot in the door, and, and how do you navigate once you're there. Um, and I think that it, there is a lot of benefit to it because it kind of tells the, these young adults some of the things that they may not even know that may be problematic for them to be doing, um, but also allows them to kind of have the conversations on a professional level with their supervisors and, the, and potential colleagues around them. Awesome, man. Now, I'm not sure, are you, I'm not sure, did you share the title and are you uh, able to at this time? Yeah, it's going to be called... Um, the evolution uh, from intern to executive, and it, it, this the first installment will be volume one, navigating uh, your internship. So it's really going to be focused, uh, and not just for um, in the entertainment industry. We kind of kept it broad so that it could cover just basically the role of an intern uh, and some of the more um, broad um, do's and don'ts. Um, and, stra- and strategic uh, initiatives that they should be taking when they step foot in the door. All right. Well, we'll, we'll look forward to that, man. We'll be looking out for that. And we uh, we definitely appreciate you, Yomi, taking the time uh, to share your wisdom with us. Well, thank you. No, I think it's I, – I, I thank you for having me. Uh, I find these to be great and um, and hopefully insightful to, to uh, a few young adults out there and, and hopefully somebody – comes sees me and and says that I've inspired them in some way. That's the payoff for me. Today's show was sponsored by Meet Edgar. Quick question for you. If you post a tweet about something you think is important and no one sees it, did it have an impact? You're spending time writing, uploading, and scheduling updates, and they usually don't even get seen by most of your followers. Meet Edgar is the only scheduler that directly addresses that and stops your updates from going to waste by automatically saving and sharing them again and again over time. Because you're spending way less time on busy work, you can dedicate more of your time to creating dope content and actually interacting with your followers. They call it social media for a reason. Visit meetedgar.com to learn more and start your free 14-day trial today. Thank you, dear listener, for being with us. Did you find today's message valuable? Love the show? Subscribe at bit.ly forward slash NMRD support, all lowercase. You'll get podcast episodes, updates, and articles sent directly to your inbox. If you sign up right now, you'll get a free 10-part email series called The 10 Career Commandments. Now, Everything we create, everything we share is designed to empower young professionals of color like you. Go ahead and move forward. We got your back. Tired of going at this alone? Request access to our Facebook group by visiting bit.ly forward slash FB group underscore NMRD. NMRD stands for No More Reasonable Doubt. As always, Our goal is to take you from invisible to invincible. I'm your host, Mike Ambassador Bruni, and the dope beat you're about to hear to close out the show is by Papa Doc. Peace.